Eagles football is back after the bye week, and that means we've got a lot to look forward to with this 3-0 team heading into Detroit for Sunday's game against the Lions. Welcome to the Eagles Live podcast, episode 36. I'm insider Dave Spadaro, and it's great to be back in the swing of things. Hope you all enjoyed the week off, but let's be honest, life is a whole lot better when the Eagles are playing, and this week they're on the field against a 1-3 Detroit team that has struggled out of the gates in 2016. Detroit has a talented team, which we will explore in the podcast, and we'll also hear from Merrill Reese in his Merrill Minute. We'll go into the locker room for that perspective of what to expect on Sunday, and former Eagles wide receiver and longtime radio analyst Mike Quick talks about the undefeated Eagles and where this team goes from here. First, though, some exclusive access on the second floor of the NovaCare complex in the coaches' offices. New head coach Doug Peterson has done a wonderful job through three games, but he's gotten a lot of help from an outstanding coaching staff. We'll hear from three of them in the podcast, starting with quarterbacks coach John DiFilippo, who talks about who else? The reigning NFL Rookie of the Month after a nearly flawless September, Carson Wentz. Coach, you've watched three games of Carson. You've evaluated. Um, How's he graded out? graded up pretty good you know we just need to keep it going and he's done a great job of not turning the ball over I think he's taken what the defense has given him I think there's a few plays that we wish we had back you know the thing we need to really sharpen up on is not passing up progressions don't skip number two to get to number three and I think he sees that on tapes getting better each week we sit here and watch and we're marveling at this rookie who's come in here and been virtually flawless through three games do you do the same yeah, but again, we take it one game at a time and one play at a time and one series at a time. And uh, yeah, I mean, we have high expectations for all of our quarterbacks and not only Carson, but for Chase and Aaron Murray as well. And those are the expectations that we hold in that quarterback room. Have you seen over the course of three games defenses trying to attack him in different ways? Not really. I mean, teams have been pretty standard to what we thought, you know, going in on tape. I mean, we saw a little bit more pressure in the base downs than we expected probably against Pittsburgh. They were pretty much standard on, you know, second and long, third and long. But we saw a little bit more pressure on first and second down in the base downs. But other than that, you know, teams have been pretty true to what they've shown on tape. How has Carson handled all of the attention, all of the heavy words of praise? You know what? The beauty of being in an NFL building is that that you're so consumed on just that day and you're kind of shielded from everybody, which is, I think is a good thing. It's a pretty humble room. We try to keep things in an even keel, whether we're going through, a, at this point, a three-game winning streak. At some point this year, maybe we go through a little bit of a rough patch. So we're going to stay even keeled, stay on course, and take it one game at a time. He won't be in a bubble this week. He's going to be out. By week, he's going to come back. Do you look for that kind of how the attention will affect him? You know what? I think he's a pretty he's a pretty humble guy to begin with. I think he knows. He's pretty mature. He knows the task at hand. He knows when we get back, we're going to be all in on Detroit. Uh, it's a heck of a challenge for us, again, going on the road and facing a good defense on the road. So we'll be focused on Detroit. John, are there mechanics that you've seen that just kind of been so smooth? And I mean, everybody's got to kind of be rebuilt when they come out of college, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I think he's just tightened everything up. You know, he's not overstriding as much. He's tightened up his release, his ball placement, where he's carrying the football and his drops is higher. The thing is, what you like to see in young quarterbacks is the things that you've corrected them on and tried to fix in training camp carry over week after week after week. And I think so far Carson's done that. And I think that's why he's throwing the ball with some accuracy. And, and obviously his God-given talent has helped him as well. And the way the team has responded to him, what have you seen? From what I've seen and heard and observed, our guys are all in with him. And he's done a great job of being a leader, speaking up, being prepared. And I think that's what our veteran guys on our offense notice the most. And on our team is how prepared he is for young quarterback and how he sees the field. And it's only three games, um, so there's a long way to go. He's prepared for the ups and downs because there obviously are going to be some downs. Absolutely. Even the Super Bowl teams have ups and downs in their season, and we're prepared for that. And that doesn't mean it has to happen, but you know, there's a 
good chance it may happen. And we're ready for that. And like I said, there's a lot of great character on this football team. And not only in the quarterback room, on our football team and on our coaching staff. And it starts with our head coach, who has a tremendous amount of character. And that just trickles down to our players. And, you know, I think we're mentally strong enough for the good and the bad. Thanks, John. Thank you. Tim Houck, the former Eagles player, is in his first season as an Eagles coach, working with the safeties, and the early performance has been impressive, to say the least. Houck loves what he's seen from his group. Tim, what have you seen from your group through three games here, and how do you feel to buy here? You know, it's hard not to feel pretty good being 3-0. In general, we've improved from the start of camp till now and uh, we got a long way to go we got 13 games left our group's playing pretty well we've given up a few plays here and there we'd like to eliminate the big play what i've seen from our guys is they're flying around and playing extremely hard that's always good to see and that's going to make us a better defense what have you discovered about the versatility of rodney and malcolm and the way they work together well i'll tell you what they've got all the attributes that you need to be a good safety they're smart they can get everybody lined up and they're kind of interchangeable they're very active and when i say active they're in on their run fits. They're making a lot of plays around the line of scrimmage, and they're still making a ton of plays in the back end when the ball's up in the air. Why does it work so well with them? Even from day one, there was a lot of optimism that these two would work so well together. First of all, they're talented. They're good players, and it means a lot to them. So they go out there and they give it everything, every single snap, every single game, and that makes them a little bit over the top as far as putting them in position and making plays on game day. I think it comes down to physical attributes, but you got one, Malcolm has got some corner background and he's really good around the line of scrimmage covering guys and Rodney's really good in the center of the field and roaming from the deep middle and making plays on the back end. It seemed last year and I know you weren't here that when Malcolm had to go down and play in the slot in nickel that it really kind of hurt the back end. He doesn't have to do that this year with the depth that you have at cornerback. How much does that kind of aid the defense? Well a whole bunch just for the fact that he only has to play one position and that's nothing against him because I think he can play every position on the field. He could play corner if he had to and we can stay in our base defense if we have to he can go down and cover wide receivers uh, from our base defense if we have to do that it's nice to have those two work together every single play every single snap of every single game has Rodney been everything that you thought he would be oh absolutely probably even more he does things right he studies the game he knows it in and out he knows how teams are trying to attack him and uh, he's making a lot of plays for us now Jalen Watkins really came on in the preseason what have you seen from him from spring to now Jalen does a nice job of preparing and hopefully those other two don't have any injury problems, but if they do, putting Jalen in is not going to be an issue. You saw in the game the other night, he made a nice play on the sideline. He brings a lot to the table also. His tackling, he said, was always kind of something that he didn't feel he was as good as and felt it was something that held him back. How has he improved? Oh, we've stressed it with him. More so now than ever, he realizes that's a very important part of his game. Now that he's playing safety full-time and not nickel and corner and everything else, he's become very proficient in his tackling. And behind those three, how do you feel about the depth here? Good. We're in great shape there. Terrence, we brought in from Baltimore and has done a nice job fitting in. He's still learning the system and we're giving it to him a little bit at a time. From what I've seen, he's done a nice job on special teams. Thanks, Tim. Yep. The Eagles have been able to juggle their running backs and keep all four involved and fresh and productive. Deuce Staley is the running backs coach, and he's pushed all the right buttons so far in the offensive backfield. Staley thinks there is more to come, much more, in fact, with his backs. Deuce, you've been able to use all four of your backs. How do you think that keeps them engaged and fresh and sharp? 
I think uh, they're eager to get in. You know, they sit on the sideline and they're engaged in the game. They're asking questions. They're helping each other. Of course, they all want to go out there and start. Of course, they all want the ball. And that's how you want them to be. But I think when one of the running backs is coming back to the sideline, they get a lot of positive feedback. And I mean, when you got a guy like Sproles in your room, who's the leader, who's the captain of the room, you're able to do things like that. It really does indicate an unselfishness with your group, which you don't find in every running back room in the NFL. No, you do not. And I told him from the beginning, that's how it's going to be. Uh, we're going to play for each other. We're going to protect each other. And each time that one of us is out on the field, we're going to root for each other. So they accepted the challenge and it's been working. We saw Smallwood kind of get worked in slowly the first couple of games, then game three gets the big workload. What's been the key to his progress, Deuce? I think you kind of hit it, just working them in slowly, making sure you understand all the situations. And it's funny because you talk about situational football. You talk about young guys trying to get them used to situational football. He got thrown in there and boom, what do you know? Four minute pop up and he was smart uh, as far as staying in bounds. We talked about situations like that and of course you want to protect the ball, no penalties, stay in bounds. I mean the list goes on but for him to be able to go out there and just react to some of those things is good. I remember how excited you were when you picked him in the fifth round. Um, has he been everything you thought he'd be? Oh, yeah. He's still got more to come. He still has more to come. He's just right now developing himself as a young man and as a player. And, you know, as coaches, you got to remember they're here with us most of the day, especially younger guys. So, you know, you're teaching them football and you also help developing them as men, too. So that's a part of my job. Why is Kenyon such a good fit in this offense? You're able to take Sproles when he's tired or maybe he has a long punt return, and you're able to take Kenyon and sprinkle him in. So he can do some of the things that Sproles doing out there on the field. He's able to circle the defense. He's fast. He's able to sprint away from some of the defenders. You go turn the film on, you're like, wow, I didn't think Kenyon was that fast, but he's pulling away. So when you're out there, you know, you got Sproles, of course, and he's the workhorse when it comes to third down and screens and special plays. But when you think Sproles is a little fatigued and he can't go or you want to give him a breather, you're able to sprinkle Kenyon in. You worked with Sproles in two different offenses. So is this the right kind of fit for him in terms of how you can use him in this offense? I don't think the offense really had too much to do with it. I think you just get him the ball because he's dynamic in whatever offense he's in. So you look at him in San Diego, you look at him in New Orleans, you look at him in Chibs offense, you look at him in, I mean, just get him the ball. Why is he so good in the screen game? I mean, he's been that all his career. You go back to Kansas State and how effective he was there. It didn't just start here on the NFL level, started on the collegiate level too. He's been special. He's been special in, of course, the screen game. He's been special in the draw game. Uh, we're just trying to make sure we dot all our I's and cross all our T's when it comes to him. Just trying to get him the ball more and more. And when healthy, Ryan Matthews is a good fit here. Hard runner downhill. We saw him kind of tote the rock the first two games. Oh, without a doubt. He's the workhorse. He's a workhorse. Got a little sore last game. And you know when he's right and you know when he's not. And as a coach, you know, that's my job also to stay on top of that. But he'll be back. Course of a game, you're doing it by feel. How are you determining who gets the call and who's playing in the reps? Well, of course, the plays are being called. You know, it's different than tempo, even though we do have tempo offense also. But when you're calling the plays, you're able to hear the personnel. And of course, do throughout the week, you have an understanding of how you want to do things. So when you hear a certain play call, you're able to take the guy that you want and put him in. So moving forward here, Deuce, I guess you're feeling pretty good about the foursome and, and the prospects for the final 13 games. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Be able to take these guys and put them in different 
different situations and see how they're going to react. Every situation is not going to be perfect. Of course, you want every guy to get this many touches, this many catches, how many touchdowns or whatever, but it's never going to be that way. So one week, it may be Ryan who's getting all the touches. Next week, it may be Sproles. It may be Kenyon. It may be Smallwood. Who knows? You're just good to have four of them. Yeah, it's nice to have options. Yes, definitely. Thanks, Deuce. Yep. Now let's focus on Detroit, a team that presents danger for a lot of reasons. In this week's press coverage, Mike Quick looks at an Eagles team that comes off the bye preparing to play a struggling team. Is a trap coming for the Eagles? I talked to Mike Quick about the state of the Philadelphia Eagles. Mike, what do you make of this 3-0 and start? Where do the Eagles go from here? Where do they go from here is a really good question. For a young coach in his first year as a head coach coming off of his first bye week, I think that's a challenge that he hasn't faced yet. And how do you get your team to respond after having a week off, after having everyone pat you on the back and talk about how great you are? How do you respond now? And this is a team that's going up against a Detroit team that's won one game. They won their very first game and they haven't played well since then. And these guys they'll be able to see that and do you let your guards down or you go to Detroit and take care of business handle it the way that they've handled business the first three games that's the big question in my mind so a week away from this building and they've heard all of the hype and they've been patted on the back and they've been told by their friends and their families how great this team is and how they are great individually can that affect players I think it can if you caught up in the hype and I hope that this is not that type of team that are reading their own press clippings. I hope that this is a team that's just going to be businesslike. Uh, and you have to think about where Doug Peterson came from. And it's really Andy Reid. This is Doug's signature on everything that they're doing. But the format, the template, it's Andy Reid's template. And I think having that businesslike attitude and coming to work and you know doing what you do on Tuesday every Tuesday, doing what you do on Wednesday every Wednesday, having that approach and keeping the focus on the small things, the small details... I think it keeps this team moving in the right direction. Mike, what if your expectation, how much have they changed since September? I mean, do you look at this team in a whole new way? I think everyone does. You know, it's September, we were talking about Carson Wentz not getting on the field at all this year. And now he's the starting quarterback and uh, he's won every game that he's played. He hasn't turned the ball over in three games. And a lot of great things are happening with this team. And you look at the defense and the way they're playing, the way Jim Swartz has these guys flying around and, you know, the way he's able to utilize his front four to get pressure so that he has the flexibility with those other seven players to do so many things on the back end. That is a big, big plus, Dave, and they seem to wear teams down early in the game and late in the game. The offensive line and defensive line as well seem to have their way with their opponent, and if they're able to continue that type of play, there's high hopes for this team. Well, how would you describe what the Eagles are doing offensively? I'd say that they're doing a lot of things that catching teams off guard. They're a very good misdirection team. They're very good with play action, and those types of things when you're able to get teams going one way and counter come back the other way and have success or when you're able to affect the linebackers by your play action and get the ball over the top of the linebackers which is one of the things they've been very successful at doing you can really open up your offense will defenses catch up to the scheme will they catch up to the scheme this is a proven true scheme that goes back to you know bill walsh mike holmgren it's a scheme it's something that's going to work in this league yeah they will catch up they will understand certain things about it but this scheme has so many layers, Dave, that we haven't even seen yet. You know, we've seen the mixture of what Chip Kelly has brought to the NFL, married to what Bill Walsh and the 49ers did and what the Green Bay Packers has done over the years. And it's a real good combination. And one of the really surprising things in my mind 
is how well Doug Peterson has called plays and gotten these guys to execute this scheme and able to keep teams off balance with what they do offensively. Mike, your thoughts on Carson and does he ever stumble and fall here? At some point you have to, but I just watch the kid in the way he approaches each game, the way he approaches practice. He enjoys the process and guys that really enjoy the process, I think they're the most successful guys that you're going to have. So getting into the film room at 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning and doing all the prep work that he does, I think it just helps him to be a better quarterback. Yeah, there's going to be a stumble at some point, but I think he's able to keep everything compartmentalized and he understands that football is just football and he doesn't make the game bigger than it needs to be. What are your thoughts on the Lions? The Lions are, they're an interesting team. I look at their offensive line and they're really talented in terms of, well, they've got three first round draft picks on their offensive line. The other two guys that make up the offensive line, they're third round draft picks. So high talent there. I think their quarterback is a good quarterback. They're getting the ball down the field to Jones, Marvin Jones, who's second in the league in yards right now. They're a good football team. They're not on the same caliber in my mind as the Eagles, and if the Eagles are on point, take care of their business, they should go to Detroit and get a win. I like the Lions, but for some reason, I don't think they're able to get all of the potential out of the talent that they have in Detroit. You say they're not on a level of the Eagles. Boy, I just at what point do we say this is what the Eagles are, a really good football team? Are we there yet? That's what I'm saying because, yeah, I don't think the Detroit Lions are as good as the Eagles, and I think the Eagles are a really good football team. I think they're solid all the way around. Where do you find the weaknesses? You have to look hard to find weaknesses, and especially if looking at the first three games, it's hard to find a weakness on this team. Thanks, Mike. You got it, Dave. I'm wide receiver Jordan Matthews of the Philadelphia Eagles. Touchdown! Touchdown! Matthews! Jordan Matthews! You're listening to the Eagles Live Podcast. With Dave Spadaro. Quick's partner in the broadcast booth, the great Merrill Reese, has bitter memories of last Thanksgiving when the Eagles were trampled 45-14 in Detroit. That's a memory the Eagles should have fresh in their minds on Sunday, as Reese explains in his Merrill Minute. in a museum. Can't wait for the Eagles to go to Detroit and play the Lions. I think the Eagles ought to go there with a, most of the guys with a real feeling of wanting to get revenge. Last year was the most miserable Thanksgiving I ever spent. It was such a terrible one-sided game. The Eagles were battered from the time they came out. The thing I remember is I looked at the clock with about 7 minutes and 45 seconds left in the game, and I said, the thing I am most thankful for on this day is that there are only 7 minutes and 45 seconds left in the game. That's how bad it was. But the teams have changed greatly. And the principal figure, the guy who was the biggest weapon for the Lions, is retired. And that is Calvin Johnson. And the Eagles have an entirely different new attitude. New head coach, Doug Peterson. Jim Schwartz, the former Lions head coach, who has got to go back there with a certain feeling. And his troops, even if Jim doesn't mention one word, are going to go out there and bust it for him. So I look for the Eagles to go and get some revenge and win their fourth game of the season. The Lions team of 2016 has yet to resemble the squad that went on a 6-2 run to finish the 2015 campaign. The defense has had injuries to end Ziggy Ansah and linebacker DeAndre Levy, and the offense has been one-dimensional with not much of a running game to help. Quarterback Matthew Stafford puts up good numbers, but he also has four interceptions as well, and he knows that the Jim Schwartz defense is clicking for the Eagles and bears no resemblance to last year's version. 
they do a great job of playing really hard. Um, obviously a really good defensive front. Good front seven. The back end has some playmakers as well. So, you know, just a really well-rounded defense that's playing at a high level right now. As far as scheme goes, they're very different. Last year we were able to exploit some matchups, you know, on the outside, and then we ran the ball uh, pretty decent as well. So just looking to execute. Obviously they're playing at a really high level right now, coming in hot and off of a bye week, so I'm sure they've had a lot of time to look at us. From the Eagles' locker room, the view is that the team wants to keep it rolling after those three wins in September. Let's take a spin around the NovaCare complex and get the pulse of the players. Quarterback Carson Wentz on playing against an aggressive Detroit defense that is similar in scheme to what the Eagles play on defense. Yeah, it is similar. You know, obviously going against our defense in OTAs and training camp um, will, will give us a big advantage there. But, you know, they're a good D. You know, they, they like to fly around and we know we'll be in their building. They'll be playing fast. It'll be a loud environment. Um, so, you know, we know they present some challenges and play fast, but we just got to execute. Wide receiver Nelson Aguilar on what he's seen as he studies the Lions on D. I see a, a solid defense, you know, that can do many things. Uh, I see a secondary that's, uh, you know, experienced and uh, played a lot of football and our uh, opponent that, you know, personnel-wise we're familiar because we played them a year ago and uh, they got the better of us a year ago. And, I, you know, I just see a team that, you know, you have to be prepared, especially playing them at home. Safety Malcolm Jenkins talks about how this football team can stay focused with so much hype after the 3-0 start. Ignore it. This is a league that as loud as people will praise you when you're doing well, the criticism will be just loud as soon as you lose. So uh, for us, you know, we don't pay attention to it. We, we want to go 1-0 and every week. You know, it's a long season. And when you start trying to look at the end, um, you, you lose sight on, on the task at hand. So right now the task at hand is just preparing for the Detroit Lions as, as best we can, get ready to go uh, on a road game into a hostile environment and, and somehow come home with a win. And finally, here on the Eagles Live podcast, we take some time to give you a scouting report, an opportunity to get an idea of what to look for on Sunday when the Eagles play the Lions. So one of the first things I'm thinking about when I go into this game against the Detroit Lions, first of all, is a field position game. The average starting field position for the Philadelphia Eagles so far, number one in the NFL, starting at the 35-yard line. The Detroit Lions, number 31 at the 25. So right off the bat, huge advantage there for the Philadelphia Eagles in the field position battle. But really, when you look at this Detroit Lions offense going up against this Eagles defense, there are a couple players that you really have to take into account if you're Jim Schwartz and this Eagles defensive coaching staff. First of all, the Lions, they have a very sustaining element to their offense. They are second in the NFL in 10-play drives. So what does that mean? They're really, really successful on third down. They're fifth in the NFL, converting at a 47% clip, obviously led by quarterback Matthew Stafford, who is willing to make those tight window throws, one of the top two or three natural arm talents in the entire NFL. So Stafford has done a really good job and is throwing it as well as any time I've ever watched him in the last four or five years. He does a really good job of leveraging the matchups that they have in the middle of the field. And who are those two matchups you have to worry about? Running back Theo Riddick out of the backfield, tight end Eric Ebron, who they move all around the formation. You talk about Riddick, he killed the Eagles last year on Thanksgiving. A lot of arrow routes out of the backfield, option routes out of the slot. The Eagles will have to try and find ways to double team him, make sure that extra attention is paid to him, especially close to the red zone. He leads the Lions in red zone targets. Four catches, 32 yards, and a touchdown for Riddick inside the 20-yard line. Then you go to Ebron, a lot of deep crossing routes, some double moves down the seam. You have to keep an eye on Ebron. 
Brown, one of the more athletic options at the tight end position in the entire NFL. And really what it's going to come down to is, just like it did against the Pittsburgh Steelers, getting that four-man rush. If you can get pressure with a four-man rush on Matthew Stafford, that leaves seven defenders in coverage for Jim Schwartz to really toy with, work with different combinations on double-teaming Ebron, double-teaming Theo Riddick, and possibly Marvin Jones on the perimeter. So the Eagles secondary will need to be disciplined on the back end, watch those double moves from Ebron, like I mentioned, and get off the field on third down. That's going to be the biggest key for this Eagles defense is stopping those matchups in the middle of the field. That will do it for this week's Eagles Live podcast. Make sure you're with us after the game in Detroit as we'll have the instant reaction from the coaches and the players as the Eagles look to get to 4-0 against Detroit. I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro. I want to thank Brian Thomas for putting this all together, and I want to thank you for joining us here on the Eagles Live podcast every week. Have yourselves a great Eagles day. Eagles!